Welcome back to Brick House. I am Joseph Brennan, and this is Andrew Passaro, and we have a very special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Saze, uh, Jersey-born, Brooklyn-based. What's going on? You've got a new album coming out in a week? Yes. How, how, uh, it's called Glass Bullet. Glass Bullet. Um, this is, you put out a bunch of music before. What album number is this? This is, I guess it's my... Um, so now it's complicated with how we factor in mixtapes to like albums and how that factors in the overall project. But like I put out three mixtapes like back in college and high school. I put out one like official album to streamers by myself, put out a collabo album last year. So this would be my second, I guess, solo album. And it's 100% solo. So you, you yeah. produced the beats, you produced everything. Like this yeah. Is all it's, coming um, out of... Yeah, and I did I did that with the first album, um, Sundown Therapy, back in 2015, because um, I've been trying to make beats for since like 2012. So then once I got a good grip on it, it became like the next step became make my own shit. You yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, so on this album, like it was, I just got my own studio set up in my house too. So that that was like a new element of everything of being able to do all the vocal recording and all the mixing myself. So before I've had other people engineer stuff. So this is very, um, I don't know, I felt like playing God, like, because I was doing everything. Um, I, there are a few features on the project, um, and I had some folks come in to do guitar work, some guest keys. But yes, I'm the architect. It's nice not having to shell out hundreds of dollars for the recording studio. Okay, so that's like the big thing, because when you, you know, I moved to New York in 2016, the problem with whenever you try to buy studio time is you're you're under this time constraint. Right. Because like say, oh, man, I, I don't feel like this take is right yet, but I got to nail it now or I got to shell out another 50 for another hour that I don't have because I make minimum wage mm-hmm. in New York fucking city. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. So like when you're able to. And come most up, musicians I know don't do well with time constraints. Oh, yeah. Because you end up not feeling 100 percent about what you put out because you're like, man, I know I could have nailed that take harder if I wasn't pressed for time and money. But now none of, there was none of that. Like this time it was just super comfortable. I love that. So you get to record from home, which I think is like a really cool, unique thing. Yep. What time of day like would you record? Were you like a, <laughs> were you like a late night guy? Because so obviously I'm a big fan of like a lot of different music, but I've got a yeah. Sublime poster on the wall, and uh-huh. they recorded their first album in a college radio station from 11 p.m. at night to 6 a.m. in the morning. Like what? Was I that, love that. What was that like? time frame that like you found your best inspiration and like put out put out the work so i think the i like that you tell me that because i think the night the night hour there's something about like that that late night because when i first started making beats um i had access to the school studio i went to brandeis up in boston and um i had like the access codes to the school studio but i can only go there late at night after like everyone had cleared out so i go in there at like nine fifty before they close at 10 and then i get locked in there and I'd be able to stay there until Lord knows. So I kind of got used to that being the workflow. So for this, I would just hop on when I got home from work or after the gym. So 9 p.m., I'd like lock in. Another thing I like about the late hours that you don't get any light from outside. So, um, so I have synesthesia where sound makes me see color. So if I'm, if I'm able to have it dark, I can play with my little um, remote control light. That gives me so many different colors. So while I'm working on any particular song, I can change it to that color. And you can't do that in the daytime. Can we rewind? Yeah. You see colors? Yeah, yeah. When you hear music? Yeah. So like... Um, That's awesome. <laughs> it's um, I think Lord has this too. Lord the singer. Okay. Um, okay. 
yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool i think it it kind of makes songs have like a little more depth it's it's hard to explain um but like i'll just play a song and then i'm like oh i see some kind of so if you're listening to tame impala like what colors do you oh, see give me a song i love tame impala uh, let it happen let it happen so let it happen has like well that kind of goes places. it's a long ass song yeah, yeah yeah so it has like <laughs> it has like purples and greens the greens come in especially during that weird part where, like, it sounds like it's starting yeah. to skip and they bring in that pad. Mm-hmm. That's where things start to get a little green. And then it cycles back to purple again when the song is normal, but it's more like of an amped mm-hmm. green. The album cover's purple, I think. Album cover's purple. Fucking eventually gives me a lot of reds. Because I think there's something about eventually that has, like, a, a certain aggression. Mm-hmm. And that that's what made the album fun to work on because I found that different songs I'd make would have different colors to them. So the album kind of has like a little spectrum of color in it. Um, like I won't lie. For example, part of the, I don't know if you guys seen the video. That's the one you okay. sent me today. Yeah. I was going to um, ask you, that was my follow-up okay. question. It was like, yeah, you, you told me even in the text, you're like, it's, it's very, very dark green. Did you kind of yeah. see dark green? Yeah. That's why we that's made the video awesome. like that. That's Cause so like, cool. Cause the first thing that I made with, I won't lie was the, um, the bass and there's like this eerie pad that sounds like a dark hallway but it kind of sounds like there's like a distant green light from a room coming from the hallway and i was like yeah this this song feels dark green so then when i was talking to sid about the vision for it we're like yeah can we use a lot of like dark greens i've been trying to bring that to even the stage show like i'll talk to the lighting guy like yeah um like i'll have my track list and i'll be like okay i need you to make this one red this one purple this one blue this one and it's awesome when they do it, but it sucks when they don't. But, you know, I understand. It's a lot. It's a tall order. That's yeah. dope. That's that's incredible. Yeah, thank you. I'm man. thinking of, uh, you ever see the movie Vertigo? I haven't. No, it's a classic Hitchcock movie with yeah. uh, Jimmy Stewart. But he took the, the film, mm-hmm. and depending on what mood he wanted, he would dye the film, like, green if he was oh. in the cemetery, or red if he wanted, like, a feeling of, that's like, sick. anger or, or pensiveness. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's, like, a little extra element that, I think people will see that, but they won't recognize that that's part of what's making them enjoy what they're taking in so much. Like, if you watch a music video for a particular song, there's like, you're like, I don't know why this video is connecting with the song so much, but I dig it. And a big part of that will come from the color palette. Like, they'll spend hours just editing the coloring in a video to make it, like, the perfect aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know. It's dope. That's why it's cool when you can make a video for a song, but that's why I wish you had fucking budget. And that's where having like a label is sick. Because then imagine just having them at your beck and call mm-hmm. to just do anything you want. Let me uh, let me ask you about the, the you've got the Glass Bullet yeah. Company. Is this yeah. is this kind of like uh, something that you're, you're putting together because of the work you did on this album or exactly what you're talking about? Like having a group of like inspired people who want to put a, like a cool project together is that like tell me about glass bullet, bullet so, project. so like um so the glass bullet sound company that's a name that came to me before i started working on the album mm-hmm. um because i was just some for some reason like the phrase kept coming up and i wasn't exactly sure what it what it why that phrase was coming up so i wanted to unpack why it kept popping up in my head and then it started to take on meaning for me of just what glass meant by itself and what a bullet meant by itself and um, I don't know, just over the years of gathering more more weaponry with creation, like, you know, first learning how to rap, then learning how to make beats, then learning how to sing more, that amplifying how I'm approaching songwriting, then I just overall, I just wanted to have some kind of, like, 
creative company, creative like faction that, you know, it's just a little hub where we just make shit. So then I, I had this idea of making that company eventually. I just didn't know how to go about it. And then I figured this is also perfect to describe the music I'm making for this project. It's an album. And I think I think of albums when I make them kind of like resumes. Because when I put them out, you're hearing, a, you're hearing a project that it's like, okay, the guy did the writing on it. He did the rapping on it, the singing on it, the production on it, the mixing on it too. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Let's work with this guy. And then people will want to come to me from there so this project is just a launch pad for hopefully a lot of collaborations this year like i'm trying to really work with a lot of folks i have an idea for another album but i'll tell you guys about that later i noticed in a bunch of your songs you reference uh different spots in new york or brooklyn yeah and one of them particularly you mentioned the a train yeah and i immediately thought what's the craziest thing or the strangest thing you've ever seen on the subway. Can, I, can subway. I just say real quick? Yeah. I, I used to take the A train home from work in Manhattan every day. Oh, uh, yeah? At like 11, 11.30 at night. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I oh, like, man. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's always an old train. <laughs> like, you never get new trains on the A train. And it's like, I, I switched and started taking the, the, the... Makes sense. Yeah, I switched and started taking the F to the J. I've like changed my route home from work multiple times. So if you times. want to find Andrew at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I don't. I have like this weird bond with the A train. Really? Like, like whenever I'm looking up a place to go, and um, on the GPS it says that the A train is where I'm going to go, and if I have no transfers, I just feel this sudden wave of comfort of just like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. It's just me and you. That's probably just because it's the one I take most of the time. But weirdest thing I've ever seen on the tra- on the subway. Uh, I want to think of something very, very odd. While you're thinking, earlier yeah. today, yeah. the guy across from me just started clipping his fingernails. <laughs> Ooh. That's, that's that's some subway creature stuff nice. right there. Yeah. I think, you know what, I, I don't know if this is strange, right? But I think when you have most people come on the train and they're really loud and yelling, a lot of times there's going to be like them wanting money from you. They're going to either be putting on some kind of show or they're going to have like um, a story that they want you to you know lend your money to. But I find it interesting when you have people that they don't want your money. They literally just want to yell at you for the duration of the train ride. And they don't want anything from you. Like I had this um, this Nigerian guy. I know he was Nigerian because he sounded like my dad. And he came on. And, you know, he was, he was clearly like a little disheveled. And he was yelling at us for a good number of stops. That's another thing. Normally, after one stop, they get off and they switch cars. No, he was with us. He he was dedicated he was to committed. us, yeah. And he was just yelling about God, and you know, he's like, "You don't know when you're gonna die. You don't know when." I actually started recording it, like maybe five minutes in. I'm like, "I need this. I need this, like, on my phone." It's actually on the album. There's a part of it that I put. That's awesome. Yeah, because there's actually a lot of um, subway samples throughout the album. Like, I sample just subway noise because I don't know. This album feels very New York to me because I think it's my first solo thing since I've done since I moved here. There's so much inspiration here. Like, how long you guys? How long you guys been? Well, I grew up in Long Island. You grew okay, but I just recently moved to Queens. Oh, okay. And, and I mean, I've I moved to I actually Sam. I lived in Long Island from April to June, and then I moved into this apartment. So like, yeah. I'm new. Like I'm new here. I was gonna ask how long yeah. you've been here, and and how how I mean, I'm, you're Jersey originally, right? Yeah. How does uh how do you like the how do you like New York in comparison to Jersey? And you said so, Boston too. Like yeah, of the so three to... of the three. So and I and I was living in uh, the DMV for two years. Oh yeah. So um, we probably talked about this. Yeah, on the 4th yeah I was in Hyattsville. Okay, we probably yeah, yeah. talked about this on the Fourth of July, but I was hella fucked up. Oh uh, yeah. So. Oh yeah. It was you know the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's people don't that don't know. Um, that yeah, sucks, D- man. DC, Maryland, Virginia. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So okay. So I was born and raised in Jersey, right? Went to school in Boston. Was there four years. Went to live in the DMV for um, <laughs> for two years, and then uh, moved to New York. And I've been here three years now. Okay. So Jersey, I'll always have a very special love for it. It was my soil, you know. Um, I think it, it gave me the building blocks to have a certain tough skin, a certain attitude, a certain confidence. I think the things that people pick on Jersey for, it's part of what make us survive. Like, you know, being the state that is always shat on, right? We need to kind of like be in your face, be a little louder, be a little more posturing. You know, it's kind of our thing. And I think New Yorkers are a lot like that. That's why they pick on us especially because they know that they see themselves in us. And, you know, you always hate yourself the most, you know? I hate to say it, but you're right. All of of these things are right. Nails nails on the head. But New York, what I do love about this place is that there's more of a carefree attitude with identity construction here. Like, you know, you'll see people that are clearly confident in whatever they're wearing, whatever they're doing, how they're walking, how they're talking, what they're trying to be. And I don't think you find that in every place you'll go. You know, I didn't see that too much when I was in Boston. I didn't see it too much when I was in the DMV. But New York, there's just something in the air. People like Taylor Swift had a song, right? And I'm, sidebar, 1989 is a pretty good album. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan, but that album's good. Anyway, welcome to New York. There's this, there's this attitude of, uh, like in it of you come here and you can be whatever you want to be, right? Um, everyone, she has a lyric. She's like, everybody here was someone else before. And I like that, you know, I like that. that's, that's little, a good line. That's a, a good poetic, line. It's a poetic Taylor Swift yeah. line, right? And um, I don't know. That line sticks out to me is that anything that you doubted you could try to be anywhere else you live, New York kind of gives you new inspiration to say, fuck that. No, I, I relate to that. Yeah. I definitely I mean, it's. I think that's also too, like, we, so we used to do a radio show together um, oh, in college. We did a music radio show every Sunday night um, for like two and a half years. Like three and a half, right? No, no, no. We didn't do a freshman year, and I graduated early. Oh, true. So, yeah, two and a half years. Yeah. And but like, yeah, I definitely feel like there's parts of like who I was at school and parts of who I was in in DC that I haven't you know gone back to since I've been up here. I've been yep. like finding new parts about myself, and I agree. Like New York's an awesome, awesome opportunity for that. Yeah. How do you like living in Brooklyn and compared to like the other parts of the city and stuff? Okay, so Brooklyn. It's, and I don't know. I had this weird love affair with Brooklyn before I moved here. Like Same. 20, 2014. We all have. Yeah. Like in 2014, I um, before I moved here, I went to see Arcade Fire at the Barclays for the Reflector Tour. Oh, I'm so and, like, jealous. It was awesome. And, so I, and, jealous, I, and I splurged because like, I, I, was, I was on the floor like in the Barclays, and that was my first time at the Barclays. If there's any band you want to splurge for. They were the very worth it. And Tame Impala, I would say, is very worth it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, th- I throw money down for Tame. Oh, yeah. This year. This year, it's coming. You sound a kidney. It's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so I fell in love with the Barclays because, like, after the concert, you know, I just had this night. Girl I was with at the time, we were kind of just exploring the city. I wrote a song called Brooklyn after that, just, like, this, like, love affair to the spirit of the city. So it was cool to be able to move there two years later. But when I first moved here, I was in Sunset Park. Have you guys ever been to Sunset Park? No, I don't think so. Yeah, don't go to Sunset Park. Like, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just um, it wasn't it wasn't alive enough for me when I first landed here. Mm-hmm. So then when I moved to Crown Heights two years ago, um, now I relate to that. I relate yeah. to that. I'm, that's what I'm trying to get out of this place. It's because oh, yeah. like this this was a landing spot for a while and helped me get yeah. my feet set. But like yeah, there's there's more creative parts of the city that I'm around. Exactly. Joe, I'm gonna take the next one real quick because it was written on my list. 
This is a tough question. Okay. Of all the Brooklyn-based artists, who would you put as like your number one? Oh, that's a tough question, man. Oh, of all the Brooklyn, oh, Cause there's a lot. And like, <laughs> if you want to give me like three or well, five, okay. So yeah, and this is everybody. Yeah, you gotta any, pick one. Any, no, none of this five shit. You gotta pick one. Any any genre, like any genre. Anywhere you so the reason with? that this isn't quite fair is because Jay Z, I always say, taught me how to rap. That's so fair. like Jay Z is clearly gonna be number one. So I want to I want to take him out just because I want to make it more interesting. I get that. Um, I'm gonna take Biggie out too. Okay, I feel like yeah, that's yeah. Th- those are two. Yeah, I those are two of the out. Mount yeah. Rushmore of like hip hop. So yeah, like I'll, I'll give they're, you that. they're they're out for this for this sake. So there's a band that I'm 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 obsessed with, and I've heard that they're going on hiatus. So it's sad. Grizzly Bear. If you guys have ever heard of Grizzly Bear, used to, used I was listening to them this morning. Okay, he used to play them on the radio. I got I got goosebumps, man. I fucking love Grizzly Bear, and um, they've actually inspired me a lot. I wish I could make music like them, but I, I know I can't, at least not now. But Don't put yourself down like that. <laughs> just, I saw them live, too, at um, Brooklyn Steel when they put out the uh, Painted Ruins album. Okay. And that was, like, last year? And man, they just they just got it, man. Jay Z even told a story about taking Beyonce to go see them really? in Brooklyn wow. back in like oh nine or something. And he was like, We were like so mesmerized by just how raw they were breaking shit. Like Really? And I was like, Wow, Grizzly Bear was breaking shit. That's weird. It, but like you you listen to them and you hear like angelic voices, you you pick Yeah, them. they're like modern beach boys. Yeah. Um So yeah, I probably go Grizzly Bear. It's like my number one Brooklyn act. I respect that answer. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was listening to Yellow House this morning. Yellow House. Yeah. That's um. That's actually the album I know least. I highly recommend it. Yeah. I. They have that one uh, on a neck on a spit or something on a. Sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the one that's like each day I'm spending with you now. It's yes. like nine minutes long or yeah. something. Oh yeah. man, that's great. Good tune. Moving on to other indie bands. Yeah. Uh, your new single, I immediately lost my shit when I heard it. I was like, yo, this guy sampled Beach House. <laughs> How I crazy hope, is I that? I really hope they don't sue, man. We we were chilling. It was like probably three, four Fridays to go. And I told him like, this yeah. bit, yo, we're, we're going to read this guy. And he's like, okay, cool. Like, you got some music for me to play? I was like, yeah. Was, you know, just, I got out of work. He, we came home. We drank some beers. Put it on. It was probably like the second or third song that came on. He literally got out of his chair. Was like, no fucking way! <laughs> Dude, Beach House is my shit. Sad thing. Anytime I ever do a show, and before I do that song, I'm like, any Beach House fans in the house? And I never get any noise. Well, you're playing a show next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We will be there. And Thank we you. will. We Please will... scream for that. Yes. Beach House, man. I found them maybe 2014. Okay. I got into them. And uh, fun fact. If you guys know Kendrick, uh, um, big big, okay. big Kendrick, ass. good kid, Mad City, the song "Money Trees" it's on mm-hmm. vinyl right over there. Oh, perfect, "Money Trees." DJ Dahi, he's one of my, he's like probably my favorite modern producer. Mm-hmm. He sampled a Beach House record from "Money Trees." Really, I forgot which song, but basically, they're they're how they approach sound. You just want to sample it when you it's hear it. It's like a it. wall of texture. That's yeah, just but you want to like you want to respect it. So like. You don't want the song to come out being about some bullshit. So like, even when I sampled them, I was like, I hope I do this justice. Like, I don't, I want to, I want to rap on it good. Like, because, and I think they even said it in a Pitchfork interview, or, or no, Pitchfork asked them about it. They were like, something about your new song, "Lemon Glow," sounds like trap music. And it's funny because when I heard the song for the first time ever, I'm like, 
this sounds like trap music and i think it's because it has the um like it's like e, e sharp minor chord progression or it's, it's something like that that a lot of trap music uses that same chord progression um i could have heard travis scott on that shit for all you know uh yeah, beach house well, I hope if Beach House hears your track, they're going to not sue you Thank and just you. say, this is dope. <laughs> we'll let this slide. So can we talk about sampling for a second? Like Absolutely. As like an indie act. I think, um, you know, because I don't have the budget to clear samples, right? But you'll hear a song that is so great and you want to interact with it. So you don't want to take it and bastardize it. Like, I heard someone sample two, uh, two weeks by Grizzly Bear and fucking ruin it. That's awful. Just because of what you turn it into. Yeah. Like, if you, if you take it and you honor it. Um, a friend of mine hit me up a while back when I, when I put out the first album. Grizzly Bear has a song called Fine For Now um, that I sampled for a track called Marigolds. And he's a big Grizzly Bear fan, so he hit me up and he was like, I think you, you honored it. And he pointed out this like song by another rapper that he hated just because they turned it into a trap beat and didn't really make any nuance mm-hmm. with it. So I think when you have indie artists sampling stuff, I'm hoping that the big artists that are sampled aren't just money hungry and like fucked up about it and like, I, I, I can't let this fly. If the song is good, I feel like if the song is kind of shitty... Then I think that gives you a little wiggle room to be offended. But I think if they nail it, why would you want to like put a massive amount of debt on someone who's already struggling to pay the IRS? You know what I mean? No, I agree with that. I, I think that's where artists should take care of each other. And it's like the whole yeah. like I, I know there's like a lot of competition, like trying to be the best and everything. But at the same time, it's like true art form inspires other art form. Like yeah. like I can go there'll, there'll be days like I'll go and look at certain things online or like like or like look at historical pieces of art and it'll inspire me to be like approach something a certain way and it's like yeah art 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 inspires other art and like i i feel i'm not an artist i wouldn't describe myself as one you guys definitely would you know joe plays guitar and Mm -hmm. has been in bands and makes beats and stuff himself but like you guys should be like that community should look out for itself more than any other i feel and i think it's it's different if like you're an artist with a certain level of capital and like a certain like if you have a label and like all that stuff that can afford to pay people that need to get paid that's different because mm-hmm. i feel like at that point at that point you're being greedy if you're not paying people who need to get paid but if you're just an indie act who's not going to make pretty much any money off of this thing until it catches fire then you know why hate on it if it turned out or not hate on it why like try to squash it if it turned out pretty good um but at the same time, I get I get the flip side. Like I get you know being sensitive about. I don't want people taking that riff. That riff is very sensitive to me. I don't want it anywhere else, mm-hmm. which I understand as well. Um, it's just I'm hoping the people that I've sampled. I'm hoping that they're a little more lenient. Like um, for some reason, like I can't sample the Beatles. Like I just won't. Like I just I just won't ever touch their catalog. There's stuff I've heard That's that I wanna. One. Yeah, have you, have you heard the uh, the Wu Tang Beatles mashup? I haven't. No, you have to check that out. <laughs> that sounds it's dope. It's incredible. It's an entire album of like, I think it's Enter the Magical Mystery Chambers. Oh, man. Something like that, yeah. I mean, they have they have so many songs that would you'd love to sample, like mm-hmm. so many great musical moments, but something about it, like Michael Jackson too, like I would never, like I would, I can't. Something about it stops me. I could see someone sampling Billie Jean. Oh, yeah. Like, they, I mean, they've definitely been sampled, yeah. like- like Kanye West, for example, can afford to sample Mike for Good Life because he can he can pay that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I cannot. 
So I'm, <laughs> just not, I'm not even going to touch it. <laughs> Something you can't afford, though. Yeah. If you had $10 and you went to a bodega, how would you budget out your $10? I feel like if I'm stopping at the bodega, it's for munchies. It means I'd, I'd probably been smoking and I'm just stepping out the house to pick up some some foods that will I can snack on that will last me. $10, $10 on munchie food is a lot of budget for munchie food. That's a lot of budget. But like, I think you got to spend it on stuff that has a large quantity. I agree with this. I agree with this. So yeah. where, where are we going? All right. You're getting a beverage or you're just going straight food? Okay. See, I like that you throw that in. You need a beverage. You definitely need a beverage. Yeah, you need a beverage. All right. So I'm I'm vegan now. So I'd have that limits my options a bit. But I'm going to go big bag of Lay's potato chips. Okay. Is that vegan? Yeah. Oh. Get you now. I'm going to go, yeah. Know. Yep. Big bag of Lay's potato chips. I'm going to probably have in, you know, like the- Classic uh, Lay's or flavored? Classic. Okay. See, I like the like the plain. I'm yellow a, bag. I fuck with that. Yellow I'm bag. With that. I'm with that. I do yellow the yellow bag. Yellow bag is nice. Time. I fuck with the sour cream onion. That's too much, and it stays on your breath the whole day. Yeah, fuck everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> There's like this elite group of foods that I call the breath ruiners. Now, when you eat them, you can eat them in the morning. It's gonna be with you through all the teeth brushings by the end of the day. But um, big bag of Lay's, Sour Patch Kids, also vegan. I'd probably get like a couple bags of those. And then I'd probably get like one of those like Tropicana, you know, one of those juices, like one of the we're cartons. We're talking fruit punch? Probably fruit punch okay. or, or tropical punch. I fuck with that. Yeah. And I probably have that. Oh, Oreos. Ooh. Also vegan. Are you, a, are you a milk without the Oreos guy? Or uh, no, okay. opposite of that. I flipped that. Are you an Oreo without the milk guy? Because I, um, I, I, ha- I can't do Oreos solo. Yeah. I can't do too many Oreos solo without the milk, personally. I mean, the thing is, I can't really do the, the almond milks and the hemp milks by themselves. That makes like, sense. I like them with other stuff. So I don't. I probably just have to go raw with the Oreos. I, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Saze eats his Oreos raw. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been vegan? So I started at the end of last year. Okay. Well, I started on that path the end of last year, but I didn't fully cut out the egg whites until the beginning of this year. I, I was kn- like, I know I couldn't do it, but yeah, more power to you. It's um, it's funny because I found it's not too hard because I found when I went vegan, my three favorite foods were pizza, mac and cheese, and ice cream. Ugh. Rough, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I was able. They just opened up like a really awesome vegan pizza place near me, Screamers Pizza. I found Coconut Bliss ice cream, vegan ice cream. That's quality shit. And to this day, I have yet to find quality vegan mac and cheese. And that saddens me because that was probably like number one on the list. It has to be out there. It's got it, but like everyone tries, man. But it's hard to nail it. It's hard to really land on it. So many times it's dry, and you're like, why is this dry? Try mac and cheese does not sound ideal. Oh. Yeah, it, it shouldn't feel like noodles and crumbs. Yeesh. It should feel like some hearty with like you know the stretch back when you pull it off of the with the spoon. You want to see the yeah. the oh, strands yeah. of cheese. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I can get down with your. Um, so outside of the music game, yeah, you know you're not doing music for a day, which I think. I think. I mean, look. I think about making podcast content like twenty four seven. So yeah. this is a tough question for me to answer. <laughs> you're not working. You're not working on music. Yeah. What's What's the average? You know, what are you getting into? Video game guy. You big reader. What What are we? Oh, you know, man. You binging this, TV shows. <laughs> what are you doing? This is gonna make me sound nerdy. So there's a few things. Um, 
I've been trying to read a lot more. I've been really into um this James Baldwin book, Another Country. Um and I he just had the the Beale Street movie made from his books. So that's pretty awesome. But um Did you uh I haven't seen it yet. No. I was supposed to see it with my girl like a couple days ago, but I broke my foot like the day before we were supposed to go. So uh. yeah. Did you see um, the I'm not your negro? No, I've been wanting to see that too. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, I I'm slipping. David Byrne has a book, How Music Works. Okay. I've been looking at that, which is pretty cool. I've been writing a book too. I've been trying awesome. I've been trying to like chip away at like writing this novel for like the past four years. Um so hopefully I, I tend to only work on it when I'm like really depressed though. So I gotta find like inspiration to get back to it when I'm not, you know, at such a low. I have been binging shows. I've been binging The Good Place. You guys seen? I'm I'm in the middle of season the current season. Okay, yeah, I'm kind yeah. of catching up. I'm, I'm into it. I I'm, I just started season one. Okay, no, it's so, good. It's yeah. good. And it's funny. The, it's funny, and I I think it it's probably the best show I've seen in like, I would honestly say since like Walking Dead that has presented like a philosophical problem for you to think about. That is why I fucking love it because I was a philosophy major when I went to Brandeis, so, like I'm watching an episode and they're like, yo, they're name dropping like. Kant and Hume and like philosophers I'm like I'm writing papers on and I think they do that like every episode pretty much yeah yeah um I've been watching True Detective um, I, I it's on my list of like things okay. to start I uh Wait, have you ever seen any I of it I haven't seen any of it okay watch HBO. the first season oh, watch I, the first one I'm a big McConaughey guy so don't the, watch the second one at all I've heard this I've heard this take as well you probably heard it a lot yeah don't watch it 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 ruins it for like people. They're like, I'm never watching it again if they just see that one. Well, I also I also heard too that they they kind of like put themselves a little bit behind the eight ball by having such a star stunning cast in the first season with I mean Harrelson yeah. and McConaughey. But is there's no Ali in that too. Who Ali? He's in the yeah. He's in the new season. Okay. Yeah, this season's good so far, and I'm waiting for like Mr. Robot to come back. Like I like I feel like I like a lot of the weird shows. I can't get into the normal shows. What is normal? Uh, yeah. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> like the Big Bang Theory. No, fuck the Big Bang Theory. Nah. <laughs> fuck Big Bang. I can't. I've tried to watch it too. I, my brother watches it, but my brother's like 16. It's like, it's just too sick. Like if for a show that has such a complex, complicated and like smart characters, yeah. it's it's the most like. like middle brow. Exactly. It's like low brow. Low and not brow. Middle to low brow. And I can honestly tell you at the beginning of the episode, what, what. Penny and and Sheldon or, and whatever are gonna fight about, yeah. and then it's gonna resolve at the end of the episode, and everybody's friends again. Ah. Like it's just it like it's boring. It yeah, it's predictable. I think sitcoms in general, there's only one sitcom. I well, it's like two. My favorite show ever is Seinfeld. Right, that's my favorite. Show ever. Yeah, <laughs> that and I think why Seinfeld is that greatest show ever is because it kind of. It subverts a lot of expectation as to what a sitcom is going to be. Like, for example, one of their rules in it was no hugging, no learning. So there's never a moral that is learned at the end of the episode. There's never like a mushy. There's no mushy episodes of Seinfeld. It's a show that's strictly about analyzing the minutia of our day to day lives. And they just do it through a comical lens. And I think it's aged very well. Streaming on Hulu. I need, um, I need to get on the Hulu game. Yeah, I get on the Hulu wave. Yeah, yeah. I'm, on, um, I'm on the HBO Netflix life. You got to find that one person 
that they just, just dropped the price of Hulu. I know it was like five ninety nine a month. Isn't that yeah. a dick move? Yo, Hulu's been doing dick moves to Netflix for like the past couple of weeks. They put out their fire documentary. Did you watch like, both yet? Did you... I didn't see either one of them. Oh, the, I watched the Netflix one. It was really well done. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend it. Like they the fire festival people are assholes, but like the documentary <laughs> the, really enjoyed it. The Netflix one has the the dick sucking for water. <laughs> yeah, that was like an all time. Like I saw. The... <laughs> Have you, you ever heard? <laughs> what are you talking about? So there's a moment. <laughs> There's a moment in Fire Festival where they they had um what's the it's the really uh, Fiji I was yeah. gonna say really bougie water yep, yep. I mean I drink the fucking Poland Spring it's a dollar bodega I'm a tap man I, I drink tap water a lot but like yeah. if I go out and I'm purchasing bottled water it's like any bodega in Brooklyn you get a, yeah. a bottle of water for a dollar which is the best thing in the world it's the same water <laughs> anyways so they're having the 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 festival in the Bahamas and they're it's a super bougie festival. They've got four like big ass crates of Fiji water that the uh, the Bahamas is their their customs isn't letting in, and they wanted 175k. And um, so the guy from Fire basically asked his like advisor who was gay to take one for the team. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And he like the guy. Are you kidding me? The guy says he like the guy. They're interviewing the guy. He's like, I you know. Did did some took some mouthwash and I was one hundred percent ready to go in there and, and and blow the guy to to get the He's water dedicated. Yeah, that dedicated. That dedicated. I'd, I'd rather drown or starve or whatever. The funny thing, it's it's like the setup of a porno. That's like your yeah. classic porno setup. One hundred percent. You come with the pizza. Oh, I don't have enough money to pay you for the pizza. Yeah, exactly. It, that's the porn setup. Yeah. But um, yeah, I gotta I gotta check them out. They're good. But, they're good. It's like an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes. It was it was it was just it was just funny that like Hulu put their shit out unannounced. Like they didn't even announce that they were no. putting one out. Put it out a couple days before Netflix's. A couple weeks later, oh Netflix, you guys are raising your uh, your prices, the biggest you've ever done. All right, we're gonna lower our prices. Yeah, and it's like, uh. and they have like they have a ton of series and like I think like Family Guy, How I Met Your Mother, a lot of like the big like series that Netflix has lost over the last three or four years are on Hulu. So like Hulu has Pinky in the Brain. No way. Hulu has Hulu has Animaniacs and Tiny Toons Adventures. Okay, you're you're like it's got Hey Arnold, man. Uh, you're selling very. I'm, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> that's what got me initially. I'm like, wait, am I not not the fucking movie, the actual series, all of it. Um, one of my favorite intros to like a, a rap song. Um, yeah. I'm not even a big fan of the, the song itself, but Joey Badass sampled. What are we gonna do today, Brain? The same thing we always do. Oh man! And I was like, no way! Like, and then like I just listened to the intro like for like ten times. And that's that's probably really a special track to him. Too. Oh, I, I yeah, there's for sure. A, there's a song on Glass Bullet called um, "Shaky Shaky," that has a Hey Arnold sample on it, and it was the hard. It was so hard to find because like it was it was very brief in the beginning of an episode, and it was like this really like Tarantino esque guitar lick with like these like dirty hi-hats and like these dirty symbols it was very like how do i find this so i like i had to like scour youtube finding the intro to that one episode of hey arnold ripped it and it just created the backbone for the shaky shaky beat and the reason that it actually was called shaky shaky is because the sound of like the rhythms and the hi-hats kind of sounds like it's saying shaky shaky so then i'm like yeah this, this has to rock now I, once again i hope nickelodeon 
See, I'm revealing too much about the samples. Yeah, we, yeah this is a little risky. We, we can cut this part out. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon, I feel like they would they would come for me. They, they're, yeah. they don't, they're, they're not artists. They're not artists. We'll, they're we'll corporate. We'll block them on Instagram. Yeah, we're fine. We, we don't need them. Yeah, I'll block, true. I'll block them on IG and, and, and all my podcast distribution sites. We're fine. But another part of me is like, maybe that would bring publicity. Yeah, oh, if that happens, you're coming, Nickelodeon you're coming back. Like, you're coming back. You put the picture up of the lawsuit on Instagram. You You do... I'm not. I'm not like advocating for what their content is, but you take the barstool sports philosophy of when someone comes for us, we're just gonna make controversy out of it and make so yeah. much fucking content, and we just do that, man. That's how I go viral. That's yeah. This Nickelodeon is- sues some lowly independent musician in Brooklyn. Exactly. For a ten minute sample, I can I can see the HBO special about this oh, right now. This would be great. Yeah. Any publicity is good publicity. You're right. You're right. I'd say next to being shot. Having Nickelodeon suing you is like the next best thing. I also want Disney too, because I like. Oh, um, Disney will definitely come for your ass. So I heard. Um, I'm a teacher. Right? I'm a teacher, and um, my kids that I was teaching are obsessed with Moana, which I'm okay. sure every kid on earth is obsessed with Moana. And the soundtrack to Moana has this like one minute and twenty second intro of like I guess like traditional island chanting of some sort that sounds fucking awesome. Like. Forget everything else on that soundtrack. That is the best thing on that thing. And I'm like, oh, I have to sample this. And I'm wondering, would that's not on Glass Bullet, but I'm wondering when that comes out, will Disney also, you know, will they come for me? I, again, promote the hell out of it yeah. and be like, I'm getting sued by Disney and just like get people to like oh, report man. about it and then boom. Because hopefully by then, right, by then it's viral enough where people go listen to the music and then, you know, even if they, like, send me a cease and desist to take down the song, that's fine. I've already amassed a very large quantity of fans at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I could afford to lose, like, a song or two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It all works out. Uh, tell the people where they can follow your stuff. I mean, we're going to have links and stuff in the bio oh, description. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, so I'm trying to keep it simple now. So it's all Saze Music. A-L-L-S-A-Z-E Music. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's my website. That's SoundCloud. Everywhere. How long have you been doing stuff with SoundCloud? Do you like do you like the platform, or, or do you? I know Spotify has kind of opened um, up a new way for artists to promote their stuff. But so putting out music is is rough when you have a bias towards what platform, right? So I'm I'm an Apple guy. Um, I like Apple because I like iTunes and I like the integration of being able to just quickly jump between Apple Music and my own iTunes library with just a little tab on an app. Because I make beats, like I need to be able to hear my own shit. Um, SoundCloud, I don't, I don't really go on much because like I don't I don't like the the look of the app. Hate to say, mm-hmm. and I don't want to like stream from a browser. So um, I'm Team Apple. No, I, I that was I, I haven't told you this before, but that is that, that two of my questions that I kind of want to ask everybody is what app are you listening to music on, and what app or like television streaming service are you using the most? So like, oh, yeah. we, we kind of hit both yeah, of yeah. those. Hit the nails. Yeah, hit, hit them. <laughs> yeah. Um. Staying on Apple, yeah. what was your first MP3 device? Oh man, okay. So I guess I started out bougie, man. I started out with the uh, the newly released iPod Nano. And how old were you? How old were you? I was in eighth grade, so fourteen. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. That yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. Now getting music for that thing was hard though, because like it pre- it presented you with a problem of okay, wait, I don't want to. I have to buy the songs I want. Nah, go to the library. So Take out you 10 find, CDs and just burn them on your computer. That's a good idea. But that at the time when I got it, MySpace was also popping. And then there was a way you could find like 
you could find songs on MySpace that would let you download them. So I used to download everything from MySpace. And then LimeWire hit. And nothing was the same after LimeWire. Man. Do you feel like uh, a service like Spotify has kind of disrupted what LimeWire did to the music industry at all? Nah, I think it only it only disrupted it for those of us doing things the criminal way. I think the way the internet has moved now has basically allowed services to capitalize off of what we've been doing since the early 2000s, which is watching shit on the internet or listening to it. So like, you know, back in the day, people would torrent everything. And now no one's really torrenting. Like all the websites I used to download illegal albums from, they're all done because everything is now, well, I guess we can put it online anyway. We don't need like a store to sell our shit. We can easily just throw it up on the internet. And I find people are, people used to be a little shaky with like subscribing to these services. But now I think people are all about it. Because I think maybe we are really in the digital age, man, where we're not going to see, phys- it's like we're not, we're not going to see physicals like that anymore. I think, or even, even like, sales like people aren't even going to buy albums from itunes people are just all about streaming it i think um a boogie with the hoodie if you guys saw this article he like set the record for least amount of sales to get a number one album in the country he sold 857 copies wow but the streams are nuts so we had enough to like all the like equal up to like sixty thousand or something that's to go crazy. number one yeah that's where we're at I think wow. that, I think that's interesting. I still like having a physical copy of music I think, personally, yeah. but I think I think and I think I speak for the three of us in this room, we're all a little bit old school in that in that I kind know. of way, which I mean, my dad when I told my dad I was buying records on vinyl, he's like, "What are you doing? Like it takes up space. Like you, you can listen to all this shit online." My dad has like five boxes of like records in the yeah. basement that are like it's probably like close to 125 200 records in our in our you know my pops has like a thousand oh yeah his basement his basement is his his parents like a musical like that's amazing heaven yes i think well i think the streaming era i don't even know if we're recording anymore oh we're we're still going okay i think we need to wrap it up soon but like this has been good so i think i feel like the streaming era has kind of removed the importance and the weight of like an album right so like you know those records that you buy those vinyls you buy there's something that makes them more special now that there's the physical here that you own when you're able to just kind of go click on it and throw it in a playlist with a bunch of other shit and blah 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 it kind of removes like i guess the sanctity of that track too from that album that you like so much so like even i, I bought mark ronson's album in like 2015 which i mean underrated that album's great uptown special uptown. and like with yeah uptown funk yeah that is a good album that album's he's a great producer he's dope amy winehouse man um yeah true but um, even like buying that album, which wasn't like considered a classic of that year or like a revered album, but having the physical elevated its specialness to me. I bought the Reflector album when that came out. Um, and uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now everyone just wants to make these long playlists that they're calling albums. So they're just going to make 25 songs that sound kind of the similar, like kind of similar. Put that out as your album rack up your streams and then get your sales. But I think the the art of just delivering a quality body of work, now people aren't really thinking about it as much. You guys are Vampire Weekend fans? Yes, by chance? Okay. more than me. But okay, yeah. so what they're doing is very interesting because their album is going to be super, super long, but it makes sense 
because they took off for like six years. So it makes sense for them to come back and give me a 25 or so track album. But uh, you have so many artists that, you know, man, you just gave me a mixtape of 19 songs in February. Why are you coming back in August with a mixtape of 20 songs that sound like the last thing that you just put out? Because you want to be in people's playlists. You want to be in streams. Like we're in an era where everything is about being viral. It's about being, you know, ah, well, you know what I'm saying, man. No, it's, I know it's exactly. Fucking, it's, we're in the it's, Instagram it's, age. Yeah. yeah, it's annoying. Shit, being I've in been your in, face. I've been in your Instagram DMs having this conversation <laughs> yeah. with you. Like, talk about how Frank Ocean has the best career because he doesn't have to do any of this. Like, he's able to he's able to make albums. And when I say able, I mean yes, everyone is able to do all of what we're talking about. But who's able to do it and be successful and be revered? You know, like. Frank doesn't have to be all up in your face on Instagram live or tweeting or on Instagram. He just made his Instagram public. He's able to put out albums in four year increments if he wants. He never has to really tour, but somehow he's able to have this loyal fan base who ride for him forever. Probably Frank's probably going to die a legend because his fan base already thinks he's a God off of what he's done. So, I mean, how do how does like an up and coming artist, right? Establish that kind of, that kind of, uh, that kind of feeling in the air for their career. I agree with that. I want to wrap this up because we've had you here. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I my plan was, you know, it's a busy Sunday, 20 yeah. minutes with him. And, you know, we'll, Joe and I will like tack on five minutes before. It? Okay. It's we, perfect timing. We've been here for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, check out the new album. If you're around in Brooklyn next Saturday, where is the, where's the, the, the well. So I got a show going on at the well in Brooklyn, 272 Meserol street. Come out at seven. I'm going on at 7, like 7.30. So be there on time. It's going to be nice. And the album sounds good. No, the, I, I'm, everything I've heard from the album I've really enjoyed. Thank you. Appreciate we're, it. We're excited. We're going to come out to the to the party next weekend. Ow. And um, before we close, and I, I we're again, we're, we're setting trends here. Um, first time we sat down and recorded, we had a question where we were like, what is your favorite 80s synth song? I said... Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh man! I believe you went with. Uh, did I say tainted love? You did say tainted love. You went on an Instagram rant today, <laughs> and I was like, "This is fucking perfect." All right, now see, this is—I don't know if it's my favorite. Okay, but even better. So we got to put more respect on a flock of seagulls, because like, they're—they have Iran, right? Which is one of those songs that is fucking amazing, but I think it's made fun of because of the context of when it came out. And the dude's haircut. And the dude's haircut, which he doesn't even have in that video. I think greatest 80s synth song. Can it be a synth pad? Can it be like a very gentle? Go for it. I'm not, I'm not going to fight okay. you on this. I'm probably going to go. I'm going to go In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. That's a good one. That's a real good one. I got a couple. Let me throw a couple picks in. Hell yeah. I, I'm, Hell I'm also yeah. going to throw in. Time After Time with Cindy okay. Lauper. That one slaps. Gentle. And uh, honestly, I'm going to go Everybody Wants to... No, 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 no. Uh, fucking Head Over Heels by okay. Tears for Fears. Okay. If All we're right. going to count that. They have a really awesome synth breakdown in there, so I'm that cool. counts. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. So, 
Um, that's gonna wrap it up. Like I said, check out the album. All, we'll have the links and stuff in the bio. Amazing. Um, and dude, thanks so much for coming out Absolutely. and hanging out with us. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. You're our thank you guys. You're our first interview of an artist who's currently putting out music. We had a buddy on who did our year in review who's been in a bunch of bands and kind of in between projects right now. So you're our first like oh, current first yeah, current, current right now. First, first current one. <laughs> We're only on like episode four, so yeah. appreciate you getting in with us. Beautiful. Get go, man. Hey, thank you.